Hello and welcome to Spiritually Queer with me, your host, Jane Lyon, where we talk about all things that intersect queer life and the spiritual path. We'll be exploring everything from sexuality to new age spiritualism, while of course keeping things rooted in tradition and celebrating queer liberation as human liberation. This is a warm and inclusive space for all to come and explore their queerness, their spirituality, and to live in devotion to creating a new earth. Shambhala is right here in front of us. Are you ready to dive in? Hi. It's so good to see you. Oh my goodness. I am so, 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 so excited. And Sarah's, Sarah's logging on too. And you right? And you guys are in separate locations. We, we are. She just texted okay. me and she's like, I'm jumping on right now. Sweet, sweet. Oh my goodness. I have been so excited to talk to you guys. You have no idea. Oh, we're excited too. And we're sorry this has taken like so long, like so much back and forth. No, no. I mean, you guys. Hi, Sarah. Welcome. Hi, cuties. Sorry. I was just telling Persis I was like running back from a workout and like you were so burst through the door, but I'm ready. You are so fine. Hi, beautiful, beautiful queens. I'm so happy you're here <laughs> today because of you guys. I did the, the always be recording style and I was like, I'm going to do the same thing these girls did to me. Yeah. But I also don't usually have other podcasters on my show. I'm realizing. So I don't mm. need to like warm you guys up. You're ready to dive in. And oh yeah. Oh, I we are just... good to go. <laughs> you guys are like these really cool queer Canadian celebrities to me. If you guys can't tell they're Canadian, by the way, they both, A, immediately apologized as soon as they got on. And yeah. B, the way that they said sorry. <laughs> How do we say sorry? Oh, it just like, I feel like I can spot a Canadian accent like so quickly. The word sorry, the word about. There's a couple things that just, oh, oh, you're Canadian. I, it's not like I can tell where in Canada you're from, but I can spot Okay, it. let me see. I'm so sorry about being late. <laughs> like yeah that was good can you hear it first I was just about to make a tea about <laughs> <laughs> I was out and about before I was out and about tonight mm-hmm. out and about mm-hmm. yeah totally and you know um I've been on a little bit of a journey since we last connected and you guys have made me feel like Toronto I mean mostly Persis that's where you're located right yes that you guys have made me want to come check it out there and hang out there because it just seems so fun. You should absolutely come to Toronto and hit so, me up when you do. Oh, I yeah. Like, yeah. Honestly, like. Toronto kind of gets a bad rap. I live out in Vancouver and especially in Vancouver, Toronto gets a bad rap for being mm. like too busy or, um, I don't know, overcrowded and dirty or whatever. And mm-hmm. you, you have to find the right parts of Toronto. Let Persis mm. be your travel guide. She will show you the Toronto you're supposed to see. Yeah, because there's an area in Toronto specifically where I'm like, if you visit, just stay in this neighborhood. You'll like get the most out of it. Is it like, I feel like there's like a gay neighborhood in Toronto. Is that true? Yeah, there is, which I would absolutely say we need to go to because it's like so many cute bars and just the community there is very nice and welcoming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know if you know this about Americans in general, but we know nothing about Canada, like absolutely nothing. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, honestly, I had so one of my cousins when we were younger, he's from the States. And he literally asked me, like, where do you guys get your bread? Like, he was just so <laughs> he was so confused. He was like, before he came to visit us, we were also like very young. He was like six or seven. And he's like, oh, I thought you guys lived in igloos. <laughs> That's fair. Honestly, yeah. fair. Yeah, totally yeah. makes sense. He's not so, wrong. <laughs> okay, we'll get into the igloos part of the thing at the later end of the show. I'm definitely curious about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you guys are just, when you had me on your show, A, the first time I listened to your show, I was like, oh, these girls don't know it, but I'm their new best friend and I will make them be my best friend. <laughs> and then I clawed my way into your show and made you all fall in love with me. And it was such a fun show. I had the so best fun time with you guys yeah, yeah. I had the best time with you guys and I was just like I want you to come and be on my show but I've been going through this kind of crazy rebranding and now the show is called spiritually queer so welcome to spiritually queer everyone with your host Jane Lyon today we have on I always think of you guys as P and S or is it S and P <laughs> who comes first S and P yeah we usually say S and P but I think it okay. should be P and S <laughs> like PS PS I love yeah. you yeah oh that's cute Precisely. And they are from the Girl on Girl podcast. And I came and did an episode with you guys and kind of talked about queer, being queer from a spiritual perspective, which is a big part of my platform. And I just had the best time chatting with you guys and opening up to you and sharing with you and just becoming your best friend, like just clawing my way into your life. So (laughs) now that Spiritually Queer is rebranded, it's perfect that you're here It's perfect for us to get together right now and chat. And honestly, I I don't, I I don't think you guys have Thanksgiving up there. I've kind of started my holiday. (laughs) We do have Thanksgiving, but it's in October. So we've already done the Thanksgiving thing. Yeah. A lot of Americans don't know this. Our Thanksgiving Thanksgiving is typically like beginning, middle of October. And then when y'all get your Thanksgiving, we're all jealous because Mm. we don't get shit. And it's right before the holidays, which is nice. Like a little, yeah, ours it's is like pretty the holidays early. begin. Yeah, yes. interesting. That's true. Yeah. yeah, so it's a long holiday period. It's like three months. Oh, that is a yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I I feel like my holiday kind of started today. I'm living in Mexico for the winter, and my mom came to visit me, and we went to the beach, and I had like four beers. But this was like hours ago. Oh my but God, I that like sounds had like dinner. the best day. <laughs> oh, it's been the best day, and I'm like getting ready, and I'm like Jane. You're kind of on holiday and now it's like 8 p.m. and you're kind of trying to get your act together to sit down and work. And I'm like, <laughs> this isn't work. You're just making a podcast with two really cool people. Oh, it's not it's work. Be amazing. Yeah. It's definitely right? not work. Yeah. Honestly, I would have preferred if you were drinking the four beers during the interview, to be honest. <laughs> but it's fine, um, I guess. It's fine. Yeah. If that were the case, the conversation would be like, you know, like a, a puppy that you can't get to stay still or to catch on to. It would be, we would be all over the place. So I will try to, I will try to steer the ship <laughs> as best okay. as I can. <laughs> Personally, so way- I have definitely drank in all of it. Oh. We yeah. have totally had like a glass of wine for an interview before. For sure. I, wa- I love it. I'm, I'm sure that there is a time and place to do those things. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And talking yeah. to Jane is one of them. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe for our next one, we can all make cocktails and, and we can, we can celebrate something. Yeah. That'd be yeah. cute. Oh, I love that. So the, it, it's funny because the way that I usually start this show is to 
describe, you know, the way that I see you guys, instead of like reading your bio and kind of using all the labels that you like to use, it's more just like the way that I would describe who you are to me and my perspective as your introduction. And then I would like to let both of you kind of share more individually who you are just today, like how you would like to be seen, how you would like to be received, how you'd like to be reflected. I feel like I've covered it though. Like you guys are these dope girls, podcasters that live up in Canada. One's in Vancouver, one's in Toronto. How cute. One of you is straight. The other one's queer. How cute. Mm -hmm. One of you is (laughs) a cute redhead like myself. The other one is a person of color. Like, you know, you guys just have this kind of yin yang best friendship going on and you've made this podcast together that I feel so honored to be a part of especially because you guys have had such cool guests and you guys have done such cool things and I'm just I'm like cheering you on along the way and really mostly today I want to get to know more about like who is Sarah and Persis like you know more of your backstory and share my you know you guys with with my audience so that they can come get to know you better so that's that's basically what I would say um and I would love to let whoever wants to dive in first just you know who are you share with us Sarah do you want to go first no first okay you gotta go first who am I I feel like that question always like freaks me out because I never know like where do I start I know lol lol but um Yeah, I am just a 27-year-old gal living in Toronto. I've been here for like since I was 18 now, which is pretty pretty crazy to think a good almost 10 years. Um, I am Indian-Canadian, a very proud gay Indian-Canadian woman. And I actually only came out as gay at 25, like officially saying I'm gay. Yeah. And only really like identifying with them, liking women. I came out as bisexual when I was 18. So that was a little bit of a journey for sure. But I honestly have to say like me in this present moment has been like the most comfortable I've been in my sexuality, but even in just like other aspects of life, I feel like Mm -hmm. I've just been growing a lot and been on a little healing journey, which I I don't mean to sound like cliche when I say that at all, but um, I've just been feeling really happy and like at peace especially over the last year. So it's good. And my sexuality has a lot to do with it, which is nice. Just like feeling authentically me and also being that voice for a lot of Indian people because there's still not a lot of representation there. What a beautiful description of yourself. And just congratulations. A healing path. I mean, I want to hear more about that. And B, just like celebrating that you are happy right now and that your your sexuality has something to do with that. And it's and it's healing. Interesting how all these things are intertwined. It is. I'm so yeah. happy you're here. Beautiful. Thank you, Purse. Of course. And Sarah, my sister. Uh, I don't know how to follow this up. I know. I feel like we actually do kind of look alike. No, it's like freaky. our hair. Our hair sister. is the exact same color, which is rare because I think that shades of there's a lot of different shades of red I feel like a lot of times it's a bit more like on the orange orange side which is beautiful mm-hmm. and stunning and amazing but I think we have like a little bit of like a bit of a darker hue we got the same thing going totally, totally. I don't know about you I get really excited when I see other redheads out in the wild I'm like hey girl 
I I just did another podcast with another redhead and we were like, I, I always get really excited because you're either going to be like my sister and my best friend or you're going to be a bully. Like, <laughs> wait, what do you mean? A bully? <laughs> I don't, yeah. Yeah. Like redhead, either you're my bestie or you're a bully. Like, I don't know why, but that's the pattern I've seen in my life. That is Usually so bestie. fascinating. Sometimes that's bestie so and bully. <gasps> I'm trying to think of any redheaded bullies that I've met before. <laughs> uh, I'll think about it through the pod and I'll let y'all know. I won't name any we'll anything. circle back i'll give you the tea um i don't know how to follow that up because purse that was so lovely but i am sarah i am 28 i um am a writer in my day job i identify as straight um but i've talked about this before on our podcast a lot ever since starting the podcast almost two years ago i have really reframed my idea of what sexuality means, I definitely see it as much more of a fluid thing. And I've been thinking a lot lately about like how I am comfortable in that label of straight, but I also feel so strongly that sexuality is fluid and I kind of love that idea. I just been thinking about it a lot and exploring it a lot. Similar to Persis, I think what you were saying earlier, Jane, about like, how do we want to be seen today or how are we coming forward today? Like I am currently the most confident version of myself I've ever been. It feels really, really good to say that confidently. Um, and I've been realizing as I'm, as I know Persis has that I was very insecure for the beginning of my twenties, which I think a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't, I was not, I did not realize it at the time. I was like really trying to act like I wasn't. And it feels so good to be in a place in my life where I'm just like still working through a lot of stuff, but so confident in who I am, what I want. And that's kind of where I'm at today. I'm very much in a state of flux. I don't have like a, have any sort of plan for what I want to do with my life or what I want to do in the next year even, but um, I'm just like, I feel like I'm a bit of a wanderer. Um, and that's probably the best way to describe me. Constantly wanderer. changing my mind, constantly yeah. wandering, moving around. I'm not, it's, can be a bit of a flaw. We can get into it because um, I get bored really easily. I get it. I totally get it. I've been all over the place these days. Um, oh, wait a minute. What was the thought that I was just having? Okay, so, and you're in Vancouver. Is that where you're both from? Where did you guys? We met in college, actually. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm from Whitby, Ontario. So that is from Toronto. That's like an hour away. It's like okay. a little more east. Um, so yeah, grew up in good old Whitby. It's like literally the most suburb, like suburban place you'll ever, you'll literally, ever see. Literally, literally. It's so, yeah, suburbia. But uh, yeah, when I graduated high school, I went to Humber College in Toronto and Sarah and I met in our, we were in the same program, but then we found out we were in like the same building for residence too. She was just like a floor below okay. me. Yeah. Nice. And we like saw each other through a hallway and yeah. Persis like scurried over to me and she was like, is this the right class? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I think so. And then the rest is history. We moved oh in God. together. Um, we lived downtown Toronto for eight years. I think we were roomies. Yeah. It's um, a long time. Yeah. And then I moved away. And now we're in two different places, but we're in the same place in our hearts, I think. Long distance relationship. You guys Truly are an in LDR. LDR. We honestly are because we like Zoom and <laughs> FaceTime and text all day, every day. Yeah. We talk yeah. every day. So embarrassing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And Sarah, are you from Vancouver or is that just where you are right now? I'm from London, Ontario, um, okay. which is about two hours away from Toronto. And okay. I moved out to Vancouver for work and I have been absolutely loving it. If anyone wants to visit Vancouver, 
I highly recommend. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds beautiful as well. Oh my goodness. I literally, as I was like preparing this whole day of laying on the beach, knowing I was going to have this interview tonight, I've been like overwhelmed by the amount of things that I want to ask you guys about, especially right before this, I was just kind of sitting here waiting and I was scrolling through TikTok and I was thinking about how me and Persis probably have the same TikTok. Scene. 1000% we probably have the same for you page. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would not be surprised. 1000%. And my best friend that I just moved here with, she's straight. And our friend that lives here is bi. And we were we were asking her, you know, just like, oh, have you seen the new L word? And she was like, what's the L word? Like, strike one. Okay. We're like, <laughs> so what about RuPaul? And she's like, RuPaul. And we're like, okay, okay. So I just I just turn on the TV. I'm like, we're getting into this right now because she was with, she was with a big gaggle of gay girls. And I was like, this is unacceptable. And <laughs> Time to best, educate. Yeah. Yeah. So my my friend and I, we started putting together basically like a coursework for the winter of material for her to start catching up on. Yes. But the best part was that like literally the second I turned on RuPaul and this girl, like her whole aesthetic is Trixie Mattel. So for the fact that she doesn't know what RuPaul is, like as soon as I turned it on, I swear she just like clicked in was like, I'm sat. And she has been binging <laughs> that show nonstop. And I'm like, we're learning, we're learning. And we're having this interesting kind of weird, like, Every time she watches Ray Paul, RuPaul, then I have to watch a little bit of like Cody Co or Love is Blind to like make up balance it out to, to right. learn about her world. But you know, I this is my <laughs> That's really I'm, funny. I'm trying to segue into how you guys started your show, Girl on Girl, because right now I'm kind of living this similar dynamic being with this straight girl where I'm like, your things are going right over her head. And I'm like, girl, you know nothing about my culture and you're my best friend. This is such a problem. <laughs> what's funny though, what's funny though with Sarah and I is like we because we like grew up together in a way, like it like in our early 20s and then getting into like mm. our later 20s. I was also discovering my sexuality like kind of like on my own and like quietly but I feel like Sarah was also just like along for the ride so like when I would discover something new it felt like Sarah was already there with me because I was like learning it too so even like Cammie Scott and Shannon Beveridge like watching their YouTube videos in 2017 I feel like Sarah you just like knew that culture very quickly because I was always like telling you about it as I was learning if that makes sense yeah yeah which I think is like the basis of our entire podcast and why we started it it was like I didn't meet Persis and she was already like bitch you need to learn the culture here's yeah here's like the laundry list of all the (laughs) things you need to watch which I love and and we need to be doing for each other but it was more like we literally learned together and it was really exciting for me as a best friend to like watch it happen but be a part of it and then it was really exciting for Persis to be like exploring it over several years and mm-hmm. discovering new things along the way. But I think it was Persis' idea to start the podcast ultimately in 2021. Yeah, because what happened was I um I have a YouTube channel. I haven't posted in like a hot second, but for a little bit I was posting um like every week or so or bi-weekly, um, just like queer videos. But I decided to get Sarah in on a few like reaction videos. So we'd react to like Fletcher or um, gay people, like gay ships, I think you'd call it. Uh, (laughs) Gay ships. I don't know. I couldn't find the word. But it was always like my straight friend reacts to this. Mm, And it actually started to pick up a little bit. And someone, I think, commented being like, you guys should start a podcast. Mm. And I was like, huh, Mm. we should actually, because it's like that long form content. It's just like a conversation. Yeah, I think that's how it started. Yeah. 
And at the time, like I was living with um, my ex-boyfriend and like, I just felt like I really needed a creative outlet and I really needed to get back in touch with like, basically like queer culture, like learning about queerness and being an ally. Like I just felt like I was, I had been pulled out of it a little bit and I really wanted to be pulled back into it and also get an excuse to talk to Persis every week. Because <laughs> we, we were, because we were, we were far away from each other for the yeah. first time. Yeah. It was like separation anxiety. Aww. Yeah. Well, and you, you've led me right to kind of my next question is what, what does it mean to you to be an ally? Because for you to be, you know, committed to making the show with Persis as kind of this, you know, cis commentary or whatever, whatever we're calling it, I guess, um, it, I can tell that like your allyship is a big value to you. And I was wondering if you'd just share more about that. Yeah. Um, so at the, when we started the podcast, I was really scared of the word ally I think there was a lot of commentary in the zeitgeist around that word and performative allyship and people using ally as a way to be like, hey, look at me, I'm, you know, doing something good, but not actually taking like real action. And Mm -hmm. I feel like over the course of the two years we've been doing the pod, I've really shed that fear. And now I, I love the idea that I'm an ally. Like it's, it's, I don't, I don't know why we would as a culture try to put that down. It's so uh, fulfilling. It's exciting. It gives me purpose. Um, It just makes, it just fills me with love because I love the queer people in my life and I want nothing but everything for them. And so to be a part of that community in any way is only good. Um, And yeah, I would say above all else, it just brings a lot of purpose into my life um, that I didn't really have before. Um, And when we get messages from listeners saying that an episode we did helped them come out to their mom, that's, that's when it's like, how could you not, how could I not make allyship be an important thing in my life that I celebrate when that's the kind of thing that I'm a small part of making Mm. happen for someone out there in the world. So I think it's just seeing in real time, you know, the community like reacting with us. I think if we didn't have Mm. like listeners chatting with us and stuff, purse, it it might feel even a little bit more performative because I'm like, are we making an impact? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. what, what mm-hmm. are we doing? But because we can see the impact mm. in real time, it just feels good. Yeah. yeah. Happy. Me too. Oh, you're like totally one of the gays now. And you've, <laughs> you've, you've brought up. You are. Um, yeah, you, you absolutely <laughs> are. And, and girls get to be that way. You brought up this actually mem- memory, something that a professor of mine did in college that has stuck with me. I got my degree in environmental studies and I had an environmental justice. I think it was a social justice class. It was such a tough class. And there was a day that I think I saw more drama erupt than ever when she had us stand in the room and like move to the different side of the room to say our opinion if we like agree or disagree. And she said, in situations where a minority is being oppressed, should people outside of that minority be able to speak out on the issue? And so many people went over to the side of the room that said no. And I'm over Mm. on the right side of the room being like, if straight people didn't agree that it was chill to be gay, it would never be chill to be gay. Like, what are you guys thinking? And just chaos erupted. People got into the worst argument that specific day because that specific question, because they, so many people in that group didn't believe in allyship and that, you know, the oppressors, if you're inherently oppressing, you can never be a part of the change. And only the people that are, mm. oh my God, obviously you guys are like understanding my point of view, by of the course. way. Of course. I'm like looking. shaking my head, like, oh right? my God. For sure. Right? But it's, 
It's complex. And I do have some, I guess, coming from this privileged white straight point of view, I do have some empathy for the fear that comes along with it, wanting to say, well, I don't want to speak for the queer woman of color. She, she should, you know, I don't want to overstep. She should be speaking for herself and I should amplify her voice. Like I understand where some of that fear might come from. Mm -hmm. Um, just in case anyone's listening and they're like, well, sometimes I have that fear. I think it sometimes comes from a good place. I think on the other hand, there are some people who just like don't want to bother with allyship at all, Mm -hmm. Um, which I'm sure a lot of people in that classroom kind of fell into that boat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it can go either way. It's okay to speak, speak up with your, with minorities that are being oppressed, Mm -hmm. not for, but with, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautifully said. That's beautifully said. Really well said. (laughs) My job here is done. I'm just going to sign off. (laughs) Really though. And I was, you know, I was hoping we'd get into that because I I think that it's important. Like if you, if you deeply care about a group of people and you're deeply immersed with them, you know, that's why I said like, you're one of the gays. Like I have certain friends that are like, oh, I'm straight. And I literally see like a straight jacket in my head. And I'm like, girl, you don't have to wear that. Like you can just be like, you don't need to like, I I know I clinged my lesbian label, but that's because I'm trying to reclaim that word and say it and put it out there. But you know, we don't need it. We don't need to cling to any of this. Ah, oh, that's so beautiful. There's, there's so many directions that I want to take this in, but I, I'm curious how it felt for Persis to just have like be so supported and have a friend who invest, you know, all this time to kind of support this, this project and this mission of yours. Oh, yeah, I'm Purse, so- how did it feel? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so lucky. I think I'm, I'm grateful. I'm very lucky to have Sarah, honestly, like having you in my life has been like insane. I mean, it's one of those things where <laughs> truly <laughs> insane is the right word. Insane in a chaotic way is what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Chaos. <laughs> but I think what I'm trying to say is that like, obviously we've been best friends for so long, but even starting this past Passion project has been given has given me purpose as well. And Mm -hmm. I think to do that with someone who I love and care about so much is just like so fulfilling that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as a gay woman, I'm just really lucky to have someone like Sarah who actually hears me and Mm -hmm. like doing to like make a change and bring awareness, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not just on a little island on my own, just like being gay, like trying to get my voice out there. Like I have my other half with me and I just like couldn't be more grateful. I do have to say in that I haven't always been able to hear your purses. Um, And it's been like a journey. And I think that the gratitude goes both ways because I have been able to hear her and support her in like a whole new way since we started the pod. Because there were definitely times when I was in my early 20s and we were living together and I just, I didn't, I wasn't as supportive as I could have been, not necessarily in her queerness, but just kind Mm -hmm. of like in different things. And we learn Mm -hmm. and we grow and we Mm -hmm. argue and we move through it. But this- Persis has allowed me to hear her even better. Mm. And we've learned together, like you said, like looking back, we used to take these like old videos, like back in the day when we lived in our first apartment on like photo booth, which I think like Sarah might still have potentially. But if we looked back at them now, they're like so cringe. But I think what's good is that like, I was learning things as well about myself and like Sarah was too. So I think that like growing is so important Yeah, and we have done that. Oh yeah. And that's the thing. I think a lot of times it's funny how much I get messages from girls who are coming out and then from people who's someone they love is coming out and they're like, I'm not sure how to act. I'm not sure how to be. And whenever I look back on my coming out experience and the way that it affected my interpersonal relationships, it's like, we were all learning. Like we were all learning 
what's okay, what's not okay, how I want you to talk to me about it, how I don't want you to talk to me about it. And, you know, that's the advice I give to the people who are like, oh, like my friend just came out or my sister or my cousin, and I'm not sure. It's like, they're, they're just trying to figure it out too. And so like, it's totally fine that you're trying to figure it out and that you may not notice times when you're like, you know, not, not hearing purse or just like not, not totally tuned into what she's trying to share. And I'm sure that it goes in the other direction too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely does. It sounds like there was a moment where like, you know, there has been difficulties and there has been hard times. And <laughs> yeah. I wonder if you want to share any like wisdom about like your friendship and how to get through. And if there's any specific stories you want to share about maybe misunderstanding <laughs> each other. <laughs> All the only issues Persis and I have ever had have been around like romantic situations we were in where like I didn't think she was being treated well and she didn't think I was being treated well Mm -hmm. and then we would be so passionate about it me especially I'd be very passionate about persons getting treated badly um that it would like be not helpful and would cause Mm -hmm. issues between us and Mm -hmm. You know, Persis has always been really good with me, not always with everyone, but with me personally being like, listen, I'm not, that wasn't okay. Or like talking to me about stuff Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. that bothers her. So wisdom, I think, what do you think, Purse? I mean, I feel like- We're invested in each other's dating lives. (laughs) We're what, sorry? Very invested in each other's dating lives over the years. Very. But I think it's also like living together and like seeing it all, right? Like you would see me like be crying or get so hurt and like we care about each other a lot. So I think like if I if I see you in that boat too, like it actually like hurts me. Um, yeah, same. But I think what I would do in those situations though is like, and I think you would say the same thing, Sarah, is sometimes we need to take ourselves like out of the equation and just, you know, understand like it's this person's experience and Mm -hmm. we can offer advice that's all we can do but we also have to learn to like kind of let the person yeah like let go a little bit like and of course like this is a this is very specific to Sarah and I in certain situations we've been in and we can't speak for everybody because everyone's experience is different but I would say like as much as you love and care you have to just uh let them figure it out because because eventually they will and or be that person to like Mm -hmm. listen and talk to them because you never want to be like afraid to tell a friend something because you think they're going to judge you and I think those were issues Sarah and I would would have with each other is that because like um Sarah had all these feelings about like certain women I'd been interested in I'd be like scared (laughs) to tell Sarah things or or Mm -hmm. vice versa like similar Mm -hmm. to Sarah and me so you never want to get to that point no and then I would feel horrible I mean I feel more horrible now once I've reflected that like there was ever a time when you felt like you couldn't tell me something because I I would judge I would like openly judge you but it was all coming from a place of just like deep care Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we we grow and we learn definitely Mm. oh (laughs) yeah yes well hey you know so many women and I know so many of my listeners crave having a deep deep female friendship like what you guys have and with that just like dating girls like comes deep emotions and you know boundaries that have to be found and like lines in the sand and all I've probably told this story on the show a hundred times but my best friend who was like at an LDS college at the time living her own like conservative lifestyle my first when she met my first girlfriend that I was actually out with the first person I came out with she was like Jane I love you but I don't trust her I don't think she treats you well. I have the worst feeling about this. And it's it was so hard for her to tell me that because it was the first girl I was out with. And she was just like, Ooh. be gay. 
but this girl is a no for me. And she right. was, she was right. Like the, that year that preceded of me dating that girl was like so brutal, so difficult, wow. so miserable. And mm. I never wanted to call that friend and tell her how awful this new girl I was dating was being because I, it was painful. I didn't want her to be right. I was too embarrassed and I stopped calling her. And now I have a rule. If you're not telling your best girlfriends, what's happening in your romantic relationships bad sign oh yeah. my god oh yes. yes yeah wow hit the nail on the head person yeah. i have both really learned this mm. yes oh yeah that's been huge for me yeah that's been and huge it sounds it sounds like that's like a, and that's what i have now with my friends and that friend specifically but all you know like i any anytime something really sticky happens in one of my relationships and i'm like i'm not sure if i was in my power i'm not sure if i was treated quite you know you're like well I don't know that's like it's a commitment that I have to my closest girlfriends of like I'm gonna share with you what's going on you're not gonna judge my partner you're not gonna like push me into what you think I need to do but you're gonna like <laughs> the last partnership I was in every Sunday I was texting my my friend I live with now in the bathtub crying and she's like bitch how many Sundays in a row are you gonna text me crying over this girl oh, like no. you got to make a choice and that's what our girlfriends are for and that's why these yes. deep friendships are so important because I went through that big breakup in the spring and I have all these amazing incredible friends that are like hey we still love you unconditionally we're never gonna break yeah. up with you we're not going anywhere that like that that is so priceless. And I just like celebrate what you guys have so much. And I think you have so much to share with us about what friendship means. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's been it's been like a work in progress. But I yeah, I feel like the moments when I find if I'm holding something back from Persis, because I know it's a red flag or whatever, the mm -hmm. moment I the moment I surrender to it, release it and like really open up to her is the moment things click. Mm -hmm. It's the moment I'm like, okay, I know what I need to do now, whether it's like leave or stay or it doesn't even have to be a romantic situation. That's yeah. like the power of a good friendship. Oh yeah. That's so beautiful. And the word that's coming to mind, of course, we, I use the word Sangha a lot and it means spiritual friends. And uh -huh. that's oh, the word that's that good. popped up. And like one of the questions I did want to ask you guys about is like, you know, in, in the show that I was in on your episode or on, on your show, my episode, I was talking about like being spiritual and you guys were like, we're not spiritual. And I just kind of wanted to circle back and like, see how you identify with that word. Mm. Good question. Whoever wants to jump in or feels called, or even if you need a minute to meditate on it. <laughs> Well, I definitely feel like I've been getting in touch with my spiritual side more like just over this past year, which is probably what has like led me to feeling a lot more like calm and at peace. Like, I, I don't know what what's been happening, but I've just been taking a lot more time for like myself, just meaning like I actually have my self-care nights. Um, I have been like into yoga, like ma making that time for myself. And I just like feel like like stress, like leaving my body. I don't know what's been going on, but I think also like in terms of how I feel about like how others perceive it and stuff doesn't bother you. So yeah, I don't know. I'm That's trying to get spiritual. more connected. Yeah. Like that feels kind of spiritual to me because mm -hmm. like something, something's in the air on this, on this side. So I don't know. And I, I want to hear more about kind of um, just the, the healing journey and the, the way you've been feeling more comfortable in your sexuality. Can you, sh are you open to sharing more with us about that? Of course. 
Yeah. Um, well, therapy has been huge for me. And I think mm-hmm. that um, as time has gone on, I actually go to therapy less. Like I used to actually do it like weekly. Um, but now I just like do it once a month, which I think is like the perfect amount of time. And I've noticed the progress mm-hmm. um, over the year. And um, I think just having co- like such open conversations with someone who doesn't know me, doesn't have like any biases towards like relationships or friendships or family, like literally knows nothing. That's just been very helpful to kind of get that like complete objective perspective to also like make me feel that you know what I'm feeling is normal because I used to always feel like I'm such an intense person or I feel so deeply and I was like something is like I was embarrassed at how deep I would feel sometimes like when I love I love hard or when I feel things for people it almost like consumes my entire brain (laughs) and I was like I don't know how to shake that off like there's nothing I can do and I was finding that I would have (laughs) such a hard time like letting go of people and I would Mm -hmm. tell Sarah Mm -hmm. this I think over the past it would have been like last year like towards the end of the year I was telling Sarah there was a situation that ended with someone who I really really liked but I knew why it had to end and why it did because it actually just wasn't serving me but there was still something where I was like I cannot shake this off and it was like making my day-to-day just like very mundane where I was like there's so many aspects of my life that I'm so happy about but Mm -hmm. this one thing is just like really bothering me and I don't know what to do um so I think like of course talking to friends and family had helped. But I really think like going on that therapy journey was really beneficial. And I think through that, I've just been learning to just like have more confidence in myself and like just be happy with where I'm at and trust the universe. Like nothing's going to be perfect. And I'm I'm definitely not there and I never will be. But I think Mm -hmm. I'm just like really learning to love those parts about myself that I thought were like brutal where I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. she feels and I I didn't like that. But Or as intensely as I did. Yeah. So it's just been no. getting better. Feeling deeply is so hot and it's so attractive. <laughs> and yes. it really, you know, and I think that like so many of us are taught to not go there. And once we can go there, we can become like so emotionally intellectual and sovereign of like, oh, wow, I'm feeling things. I'm feeling so deeply. Like that shows you probably have so much love to give and like so much passion. And I think I'm all about being analyzed. That's what I think of therapy. Like I need to go get analyzed. I need someone psychologist. <laughs> just to like pick my brain and tell me why I'm being this way and then realizing like you know these weird attachments we have to people that give us these weird oxytocin rushes and these weird like kind of toxic highs and then you're like why can't I let this go like that was not a good thing but you know you just gotta work on that relationship with yourself and then and I can see like it's been so fun to just keep in touch with y'all and and see you all evolving even more into who you are and watch the show evolve so thank you for sharing purrs of course thank you and Sarah I love to hear your thoughts on your spirituality where you at girl yeah that's a good question I think like I'm I would say I'm probably still in the same-ish place that I was when we chatted on our podcast in that I wouldn't um describe myself as spiritual but I do feel like I really lean into things that feel spiritual to me like Persis, you were saying, you were just saying there was something that made you feel spiritual. What was it? Didn't you just oh, say that? My, my like own self-care nights. Yeah. So, but weren't you just saying something now? Therapy? Did I make that up? Okay. I don't know what that was. Sorry. Yoga? I think I'm, I think I'm tripping out. Oh, maybe it's yoga. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it was yoga Black that lining. inspired this. Slack <laughs> That's um, spiritual. Honestly, I started slacklining. I did nice. start slacklining. So maybe that's oh, yeah. been helpful. And I feel like that's you're good at it. Thanks. I, tr- I actually uh, try. I was doing it like all the time in the summer. <laughs> it's so cute thinking about you slacklining. <laughs> 
That is so cute. I love it. <laughs> just like little purses in the park, like yeah. where there's slackline yeah. is honestly the cutest. Making friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. When you're a slackliner, you always make yeah, friends. You always make People friends. want to talk to you. Yeah. They're like, Everyone what are you doing? Your friend. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, your yoga and your mention of yoga inspired me because I think that's where I feel spiritual. I lean into things that give me this um, feeling that's like expansive. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that is definitely like exercise and movement. When I'm running, it feels spiritual. When I'm doing yoga, it feels spiritual. When I'm dancing, it feels spiritual. Mm-hmm. When I'm singing, I went mm-hmm. I went out for karaoke this past weekend and I, and I was singing, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman by Aretha. Wow. And I, and I was just like this, I didn't think this in the moment, but the, mm-hmm. I know the feeling for me, per, the, my, my take on spirituality and it's just this like pure joy and like a higher version of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I lean in, I, I've been trying to lean into those things more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that might be a little like doorway into my personal spiritual journey. Yeah. I'm still on, I'm still on the, on the road. I'm still it's exploring. Yes. I love it. Well, I love I love hearing that the yoga is, you know, some is something and, you know, it really is just uh, the connection that you have with yourself, you know, and your growth and, you know, like the the self-care night and the going running, like, you know, anything. I I always call it like the practices that are making you feel good. Keep doing them. Like, why aren't Mm. we doing more of those, you know? Mm -hmm. So I always like to bring in, you know, the relation that you have to the word spiritual and the relation to the word that you have queer. And we've we've I feel like we've explored both of those words with you guys pretty well, if if I'm not wrong. Um, First, you said that you came out as bisexual when you were 18 and then at 25, like changed that to gay. Can you can you expand on that a little bit more? Of course. Yeah, that was definitely a journey and a half. It was yeah. uh yeah. Um so yeah, coming out at 18 for sure, I was very much like I am bisexual that absolutely makes sense because for the longest time like I knew I had like some type of like romantic attraction towards men. I couldn't like write them off in that moment, so I was like this is the label that maybe makes the most sense because mm-hmm. I knew I was starting to feel things for women and I was also very hung up on labels at the time. I was was like I need to pick something like I don't know what I am so <laughs> bye makes sense but honestly over those years from like 18 till 25 I I was dating men um and at the same time I wasn't really like going on dates with women or anything but I'd found I'd find myself having like experiences with women and I noticed like I was just head over heels for like all not all these girls but basically like to compare the differences between like the girls and the guys Sarah's yeah. laughing because maybe it was all the girls you were it was all the girls yes. okay it was all the girls um, she's like I was witnessing this it was every girl yeah just for the record okay yeah and you know what it was funny like they were all people who I kind of like knew in my life like someone I they were all mainly people I worked with there was one girl who I had like met at a bar and I don't know I just found like I was just always thinking about them and in the way that I was like oh this is what it's supposed to feel like when you really Mm -hmm. really feel this like attraction or like I don't know you want to be romantic with people and it just it did not feel that same way with men so you know like COVID happened and I was just doing so much like self-reflection just like being on my own 
Mm-hmm. I even like went home for a little bit. I think I was in Whippy for like two months. And then when I came back to Toronto, I was like, you know what? I'm gay. And I think I want to <laughs> like make a video about like saying I'm gay. Because I had made a video on my YouTube channel years before of saying I was bisexual. Um, But then I just felt like, you know what? That's just not fitting for me anymore. But it's funny. There was one girl who I, th- I think I was like literally in love with for two years. And she was probably like the catalyst of me realizing like okay I think you're just gay or lesbian I like to say lesbian too it doesn't matter I just like girls <laughs> right right I'm like okay we will yeah we can we can tackle that word in just a second but there was oh gosh there was another question coming through okay so I'm curious if you could share more just because I I feel like I went from the like dating men to hooking up with girls to I'm pan to I really don't want to do anything with guys anymore like I feel like that'll happen very quickly for me and so I really I spent you know a little bit of time maybe like a less than a year maybe like six months kind of in that middle middle space for me but I feel like lately and this is like in my work and with so many of my clients all my little gay babies that I work with there's a lot of bisexual girls who are like experiencing this like compulsory heteronormativity where they're just like I'm just dating men I'm just dating men but I'm thinking about girls all the time and I would love to date a girl but I just like don't know what to do I don't know how to do it and guys ask me out on dates and so I just and that's what kept I kept going out on dates with guys too after I came out because they just they would ask and they were cute Mm -hmm. and I'd be like why not and then I started to feel worse and worse every date I went on like I really need to stop doing this like this isn't okay Mm -hmm. it's not Mm -hmm. okay to them it was less about me and it was more like it's not okay to keep wasting their time when this is never gonna happen Mm -hmm. so I'm curious for these these are you know these are young early 20s like bisexual always dating guys just having no idea what to do and I wonder if I feel like both Sarah and Persis would have great advice to offer around this Mm -hmm. if you have any yeah meaning like um like how to approach like maybe like being bisexual and like also wanting to like date women like how to yeah like escaping this kind of uh compet conditioning that we have and you know I I think something that I'm uh, kind of sick of hearing is like girls are scary like lesbians are scary bisexuals are intimidating all of this stuff and it's like Mm. you know what what, interesting yeah what do we need to what do we need to say to these bisexual girls to make them less afraid (laughs) Chris, did you ever feel that did you ever feel that way that girls are scary yeah no I don't I don't know if I really did or that like lesbians were scary I personally didn't um I think I was scared of the word lesbian for like me Mm -hmm. to admit that I was a lesbian because I was also dealing with like compulsory heterosexuality as well like that and internalized homophobia for sure Mm -hmm. that freaked me out but um no but I understand that because I've heard other girls say to me who are bi that like girls are scary like I cannot go up to a girl and ask her out it's easier with guys Mm -hmm. like Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard that before actually mm-hmm. um I would honestly say I don't know my advice would probably be maybe to like go to more queer events if you can like in-person events and mm-hmm. start to like expose yourself to a little bit more queerness out in the world because I find um once I started to like meet other uh queers that actually I have over the past year as well in Toronto that's helped me like become more comfortable mm-hmm. with my sexuality and to let go of like that comp head mm-hmm. but um I would probably do that 
that because I feel like you can start to like expose yourself to more community and like make friends through that. And because I I find it can be a little intimidating to maybe go up to a girl um, or or a guy if you're like a gay man, just because sometimes like you just don't know, mm-hmm. like heterosexuality is like almost the norm in quotations, because mm-hmm. like that's what society is like. So my biggest fear was always like, well, if I'm out at a bar, how am I going to like approach a girl and just like ask her out? Because I'm just going to assume she's straight. So um, yeah. yeah, I would I would say maybe definitely try the dating apps and maybe lean into <laughs> like if you if you are like wanting to try and date more women, lean into that or uh, try to go to more queer spaces if you can, mm-hmm. if it's possible. I think that's such a good answer, especially. And, and that's something I say a lot is like, do you feel like you're surrounded by queer community or do you feel like you're surrounded by, you know, just heteronormative everything? Like, I think that if we go just more comfortable having other queer friends and talking to them and being ourselves with them is going to be way easier to like attract another queer person and feel comfortable talking to them and because essentially it's if you can make friends with other girls you can definitely date another girl like oh yeah you know and I think it's I think that um for me it's so funny to look back because it's not that I ever thought girls were scary it's that like girls are like the most precious thing on the planet in the universe and I was not worthy of them like I was never going to be good enough for a girl to be like yeah I'll date you like yeah let's get naked like (laughs) I never thought I was gonna be good enough for that that's amazing oh my god yeah so I've never really understood like the scary the scary stereotype but yeah the intimidation is just something I hear about all the time and I'm just like yeah get into more queer spaces so that you can you know actually just get to know people and not have this concept of who they are so mm-hmm. that's beautiful thank you for the wisdom and I'm curious if Sarah's got anything to sh- add to that I've never interviewed two people so this is really cool you're doing great yeah um, fabulous I'm like you're a better interviewer than both of us combined um <laughs> I honestly I'm gonna say I don't think I have anything to add I think Persis knows this life experience like the back of her hand she lived it mm-hmm. and I think that's amazing advice um yeah okay okay I'm putting two tabs in because I have a question for Sarah but I want to ask Persis one more question and it's it, it's funny because I think we relate I feel like I've known that I was a lesbian since I was like five years old <laughs> mm-hmm. But that word, that word felt so icky to me and wrong and uncomfortable, like literally forever. And even um, like I've just always like you said, like when you're like, I'm just gay, like I've always just called myself gay. And even like when I was going through this breakup that I was just going through, I was just like, I'm so fluid. Like I'm I'm just, you know, I'm and it was weird. Like it took me kind of a summer of getting back into the dating world. And like also I think that I don't know about you but I feel like the lesbian TikTok blew up in a way of like, I feel like lesbians need to reclaim this word. Like girls who only date girls. Sure, we can be sapphic. We can be women loving women. We can be gay girls. We can be whatever. But like, there's this part of me that's like, I'm ready to start using the word lesbian as often as I can because I only date girls and I'm only interested in dating girls. And I also think that the word lesbian is like quite a political statement. Mm -hmm. And, And it's funny. If you asked me six months ago, I'd be like, no, I don't really identify with that word. And now I'm like, mm. I'm like intentionally using that word more often than I use the word queer, which I also feel like we completely reclaimed. It's been reclaimed. It's yes, there yes. now. And now it has we're been like reclaimed. picking up the next word. So I just was wondering if you have any commentary on that. Yeah, um, I feel like the word lesbian 
scared me as well when I was growing up because I feel like the type of media that was like being shown to us often like I don't know if they put like lesbians in like the best light there was always like these judgments towards them the way they looked the way they acted they were like one of the boys or whatever and (laughs) I'm using (laughs) obviously we're on a podcast but you know, quotations. But uh, so I don't know, growing up to me when I would like hear about lesbians, it was just always in like a bit of a negative light or a light that like, I just didn't want to be seen in. Um, But similar to you, Jane, like, I definitely knew I was a lesbian when I was like, well, I don't know if I actually knew, but I think I, I was. Um, the picture under your pillow, the picture under my pillow. Yeah. As like early as six years old, I had such a crush on this girl who was in my dad's band. And I literally took a photo out of our family album and would sleep with it under my pillow. What? <laughs> that is so gay. So gay. Yeah. My so gay. Like, on the floor. It's like obsessive, <laughs> like obsessive and gay was who I was. That is so cute. And I just, I have an older sister who's oh, eight years man. older than me. And she was mm. like around the same age as this girl. And I remember her just always being like, Persis, like, why do you like, like, why do you like her so much? And I, I remember being like, I wish she was my sister. <laughs> sister, <laughs> I, huh? I told um my sister March later, I'm like, you know, I was just like really gay for yeah. her, you know? And yeah. she's like, oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. She's like, we're <laughs> obsessed with that girl. But mm. um, I think that's why I, yeah, just like going back to the word lesbian, um, mm-hmm. I think the media did not do a good job of like showing that representation. Because mm-hmm. like growing up for me, I really think I only knew of like Ellen DeGeneres and no one could just like identify with. And mm-hmm. that was pretty tough. So I love that word now. And I also feel like because we're on like a similar TikTok page or like if anything, the same, mm-hmm. all of it is like, like the lesbian contact contacts, <laughs> the lesbian content I see is mm-hmm. just like, everything I love and more you know and we have so many more people who I do like identify with and that are you know coming out as lesbian or they they're like I've been a lesbian that's that's who I am so that's very helpful yes yeah and it's it I think the word itself is feeling more and more inclusive as well like so many people are allowed in that space with us and that just feels great so Mm -hmm. yay for us reclaiming these words so Sarah if you don't mind me asking when did you realize you were straight and when did you decide to be straight yeah actually I think we talked about this (laughs) maybe on our like first episode purse also I love this question so much because because straight is not the default straight is not the normal and we should Mm -hmm. be asking people when did you realize you were straight we should be asking this question so thank you for asking it it's so inclusive um I thought I might be gay when I was younger I was yeah so I was super confused because I didn't find anyone attractive Mm -hmm. and I was like what's going on um all the girls in my uh class seemed to be like really crushing on people and you know everyone's Mm -hmm. talking about it and I just had this like big fear of boys and they would ask me out and remember in elementary school like someone would ask you out and you'd say yeah and then you'd be dating air quotes and then Mm -hmm. you'd like but yeah it wasn't really anything you were just like passing notes yeah passing notes in class and like chasing (laughs) each other on the school ground Mm -hmm. I had a lot of like elementary school boyfriends air quotes 
but I would like break up with them a few days after they asked me out because I would go home with this like anxiety in the pit of my stomach. And I was like, wow. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I understood like even what gay was at that age um, enough to like really sit down with it and be like, am I gay? Um, But the main thing was I wasn't attracted to any of the girls. Mm -hmm. So I think that was where I was so confused because if I was like really feeling infatuated with some of the girls in my class, like even just wanting to be around them a lot I think it would be a bit more clear but Mm -hmm. I just like didn't want to date anyone Mm -hmm. um and so that was a bit of like a confusing time and then when I was but I still liked boys throughout that time looking back I'm like oh I did have crushes on boys I just was like scared um which I'll get to in a second when I got to I think I was 12 when I finally had my first like big crush oh my god this boy is so cute all i want to do is kiss him and hang out with him and like that's when i was like okay this feels like i think what i've been supposed to be feeling this whole time Mm -hmm. and this is and i haven't felt this for any girls or any boys like this is the first time and from there it kind of snowballed out and i started feeling that way for more boys and men and and Mm -hmm. um throughout my life and now looking back i think what the anxiety and the fear was was a fear that had been instilled in me since i was a kid of sex Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. dating or the when i was a kid that wasn't something we talked about it wasn't it was just such a taboo thing that I think I had been I had really like repressed it Mm -hmm. yeah repressed it is that the word I'm looking for I had like stored it away inside my body and it Mm -hmm. literally manifested in like I felt sick that if I said yes to this boy it was a bad thing I wasn't supposed Mm -hmm. to like have a boyfriend or anything along those lines so I think I figured it out now but it was it was a journey it took it just took me having the feelings for me to be like okay this feels good this feels Mm -hmm. like what I'm supposed to feel and I'm feeling it for a boy and then I Mm -hmm. just kept liking boys Ever mm-hmm. and then I uh, like and then the boys. Kept on with the men. Well, and I love. I think what you said, Sarah, is so important because, like, I come in Utah. Like, we're super, super conservative down there. If you don't know this already, <laughs> and I sometimes would feel like my straight friends, like my straight girlfriends, their sexuality was just as oppressed as mine. Like, like I almost felt relieved in high school that I didn't want to sleep with men. Like, I, you know, I wore it as like a badge of like I don't do that because I was so repulsed from it. Meanwhile, most of my girlfriends are like, "What's wrong?" like they're 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 saying what's wrong with me like I just want to have sex and I'm like bad that's so sinful like I shouldn't be having these desires and like they're feeling stressed about being straight and like wanting to act on that as a 16 year old like you know and so I just sometimes feel like like Persis and I have a level of sexual suppression that we have to heal from but so do straight girls coming from a conservative society like women are not taught to be free or expressive in their sexuality and actually in my courses um I'm the sacral chakra for this for this round in my sanctuary program, I hired a sex coach to come on and just talk about female anatomy, the types of orgasm, pleasure practices. And on this call specifically, a lot of the girls were straight and the coach herself was straight. So I was like, this is wonderful. Teach them things. And 
Yes. I realized that like straight girls aren't, when you're gay, you're talking about your sexuality with other girls and gay girls. And like, and it's like this whole open thing and that girls aren't having these super open conversations with the men that they're with. And I just mm, like, interesting. I, you know, I really tried to just let, you know, the coach run her show. And there was a couple of times when I was like, I'm just going to jump in here because like coming from the gay <laughs> perspective, this is actually, you know, just different boundaries that you hold in lesbian relationships, different boundaries that like two girls sleeping together are going to be aware of that like I'm noticing aren't in hetero relationships and so it's just like we all this is why I always say like queer liberation is human liberation which I've been getting so much hate for lately but it's like we're all liberating each other you know like the more sexually free that Persis is and the more open she can be about that with you you're getting that too because you need it just as badly as we do Mm -hmm. that's a good point yeah it's a great point and I'll just add to that that what you were describing with um women wanting to have sex but feeling ashamed, um, like straight women in your high school, for example, it Mm -hmm. can also go the other way, which is what I experienced throughout high school and stuff. I didn't want to have sex. And I was like, something's wrong with me because Mm -hmm. I am, I live in a heteronormative society and I'm a straight girl and I should want to have sex with all these boys in Mm -hmm. my grade. And I just didn't want to. And that's some, that's a sort of like oppression to heal from as well. And to understand like, that's okay too. Like there are, there are reasons and you learn as you go. We actually are about to interview um, an asexual activist on the pod that we're really excited about. It's going to, the episode will go live later in December, I believe. Um, But we've been doing a lot of research about asexuality and stuff. And I've been doing specifically a lot of personal research about demisexuality, Mm. which is when you only feel sexually attracted to someone when you formed like a deep emotional bond with them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, something like that is healing the yeah. it feels it feels weird to say the word oppression i don't feel comfortable with it in this current mm-hmm. moment but it heals like the trauma right the trauma mm-hmm. of thinking there's something wrong with you mm-hmm. um to know that like these things exist and yeah hu- as humans all of it makes sense whatever you're feeling uh, makes sense. yeah uh, yeah always it's what you're feeling trust yeah, that it's all good Trust that. It's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You know, you know what? And I've, I actually, I was on a date this summer with a, with a, with a girl I've known for a long time. And uh, some of the friction we had was that she was very, very sexually fluid and open and active. And I'm, I'm, I'm very much not. And we're just, you know, eating and she just goes, you know, I think you're a demisexual. And I just went, oh my God, I think you're right. (laughs) She's like, yeah, I think that, I think that once we put that out there, like things are going to get easier with us. And I was like, oh my God, wait, you're right. She's like, you want to be in love and then you'll have sex. I want to have sex with everyone all the time. And Interesting. I, and I uh-huh. was just like, wow, you're labeling me and validating me so much right now. And I've yeah. been identifying as like a lesbian polyamorous demisexual. And it's really great because I'm not monogamous, but I'm only intimate with people that I just feel deep, oh. deep love for. And right. I feel so comfortable with that because I'm not tying mm. anybody down. I'm not possessing anyone, but I'm cultivating yeah. these like incredibly deep relationships that feel really good to me and then when they want to go sleep around because people who are polyamorous also sometimes are the other direction and really like to sleep with a lot of people I'm like not all up in my head about like oh why aren't I that way it's like no some of my partners really like to have a lot of sex I just like to be in love like (laughs) I'm just a little different (laughs) so 
I love that you guys are researching all this because eventually, you know, even though you would identify as straight, the queer community is opening up these new avenues of yes. polyamory and demisexual and asexual that everybody can actually find their own pocket in. So uh, I just, I love everything you guys are doing. It's amazing. Yeah. I have to say like, I, I don't, I'm just starting to explore what demis- demisexuality means and like whether I identify as that or not. I'm honestly not mm-hmm. sure if I do. It's, I think it's going to mm-hmm. be a journey to figure out if that is like exactly how I feel. But mm-hmm. when I, when I felt strongly that I did identify with some of it, I got excited. I was like, wait, that, and that, that means I'm in the community because it's under the asexual umbrella. And I got yes. like excited for a second. Yeah. I'm still exploring, but it was like an exciting moment. I was like, oh, wait, am I in the community? It is. And it's nice to feel seen, right? Like even seeing something like that, yeah. like mm-hmm. that's like, oh, that kind of describes how I feel is so validating. Totally validating and just it allows me to just feel yeah more confident in myself. Yeah, yeah. The comfort you feel in being able to identify as both poly and demisexual, like oof. There's nothing better than that, like comfort, Mm -hmm. that confidence. Yeah, Yeah. just like that's where I'm at. And I think that's when labels can feel really nice, is that just her saying, like, I think you're this. It was like, oh wow, it really (laughs) released a lot of the friction that we had kind of been having because I was kind of like, Why aren't I like you? And why are you this way? Because you know, she's and, so free and like very mm-hmm. sexually like that's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I normally yeah. wouldn't be down for someone like labeling someone, but the fact that it really like was a release mm-hmm. for you is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she was someone who like she she knows me so deeply that I think I think she was pretty like vindicated and like you know we've been hanging out a while now. Like this is what I've observed over here over the last like ten years. We've been you know friends and lovers <laughs> and all of that. So fair. <laughs> so yeah, I was like I appreciate that. I needed I needed that, and I think. That's the beauty of of the queer community and the the liberation that I'm here to talk about that that it's bringing, and and you know the 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 last question that's lingering on my mind is like I know you guys have talked about this, but how often are people like why aren't you guys just in love? Like do you guys just get that all the time because platonic friendships just like can't be a thing? Yeah, we we have. Yeah. I feel like it's died down a little bit it lately because <laughs> you guys are really it upset publicly. about. <laughs> We, we have, yeah, we've obviously like been like, guys, we're not dating. Um, And I think, I think it probably helps that like, I'm so confident in my identity. And so are you that like, we just like, it just would never happen for that reason. And then also because Mm -hmm. like, it would never happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Love you first, but it would never happen. Um, But people, I think it was more when we started the podcast, maybe people were like, the listeners were like hope shipping a little bit. Yeah, they were Mm -hmm. shipping. And we we also would kind of like tease each other because even in our opening line, like in the podcast, it's like it's not what you think, but it's a little it's a little what you think or something for girl on girl. So we oh, definitely yeah, I love that. that. Yeah. And after a while, Sarah and I actually like had a serious conversation about like queer baiting kind of got brought up because we definitely were like, wait a minute, we just need to be really careful about this because that's the last thing we would ever want to be doing because that's not our intention. But some we did an episode on it and a few listeners reached out and they're like, oh, no, girls, like we love (laughs) it. You're not queer. We kind of love it. Yeah. Exactly. So we I like do have fun with each other. In our YouTube videos as well, the ones that um like kind of blew up a little bit in like the tiniest way when I say blew up, um, <laughs> there were a lot of comments being like, well, not necessarily shipping us, but like questioning my sexuality, being like, mm-hmm. is she your straight friend? Really? Mm-hmm. She seems gay. <laughs> 
like, right? you'll never know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, I, I think that the, I would be curious to look at like kind of what Persis's historical type looks like and kind of what Not Sarah's me. historical type, right? Cause they don't. Not like, her. <laughs> and that's what I wish people, you know, would yeah. get. Like if you met my best friend and someone afterwards was like, so are you into her? I'd be like, have, have you looked at any of the people that I've dated? Do they look <laughs> yeah. any, like, she is not mine to like, no, there is. And I, you know, it's, it's yeah. an old, it's one of those things that I'm honestly, I'm not sure why people are still bringing it up with, you know, friends that are girls, but I was just mm-hmm. genuinely curious, you know, how often you guys get this. And it sounds like it's, it's pretty strong. Poor purse, just hoping that Sarah one day is going to open up. And- <laughs> well, that's the thing is I, I was also getting self-conscious because I was worried that it was turning into that, into like poor mm-hmm. person, like just waiting for Sarah to turn gay and instead of like the other way around, you know what I mean? Which like, no, purses is a confident ass woman and she (laughs) can get her own she can get her own women anytime she wants you know what I mean yeah (laughs) she's not waiting for me to like she's got her own game yeah she's not like hanging on to Sarah it's okay I'm I'm ending that narrative right here girls got game Oh my gosh. I believe it. I, I, I don't doubt it for a second. You guys. <laughs> I um, try. Yeah. Yeah. I would love nothing more than to see Persis in Toronto out in action, but it sounds like we're already oh. planning that for later. So we are. You know. Yes. We'll go I'm out. Flying, I'm flying home for it. Okay. Just tell me the right. date right. and I'm flying home for it. Beautiful. Toronto plan. It will happen. So there's one last thing that I wanted to bring up and it's the way that you guys just talk about pop culture on your show. It really inspires me and it inspires me to want to talk more about pop culture on my show because it influences not only our sexualities but also our spiritualities like it's very trendy to be spiritual right now and it's very trendy to be queer right now and you know we're we have platforms in this space and like the direction that I'm heading with this question is so not where you think the show you guys made (laughs) the the show you guys made about um how Bennett like Beckham should have been gay like literally (laughs) unleashed something in my brain about every movie that needs to be gay yes (laughs) and it just it took me over because that show when I watched it when I was little I like totally thought that they were gay it's been bringing up so much and actually I right after I listened to that I got on a flight to Europe and I watched and and this is the one I wanted to share with you guys. I don't think you brought it up on the show. Miss Congeniality. Have you seen that movie with Sandra Bullock? Yes. Years, but is yes. it? Do you think it's a favorite okay. You need to go go back and watch it because I'm watching it on this plane. I loved this movie as a kid. I watched it over and over and over again. And I'm Same. watching it as a lesbian adult on this flight. And I'm like, okay, Sandra Bullock, first of all, hot as hell. Yes. Butch mask FBI agent who wears like these loose suits and like eats these you know big uh, sandwiches and like is super messy and like always has all her guns on her and like beats these guys up and clearly has like some serious ADHD going on that's like messing with her job and like she's a lesbian (laughs) FBI agent and it's perfect and then they realize once they make her up she's hot and that she can go into this place you know and do this undercover job where she falls in love with all the girls and has this deep deep friendship Mm. with What's her name with the cute girl that that does the the fire? <laughs> Miss Rhode Island. Miss Rhode Island. <laughs> yes, 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 Sarah. Thank What's you. her name? Lucy or something? I don't yes, know. Yes, Lucy Lou Freebush or some silly name like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might be San- what Sandra's fake name is. Lucy Lou Freebush or something <laughs> That's like amazing. that. That's <laughs> amazing. 
Yes. Yes. I think you're right. I think you're right. Oh my gosh. I need to like go watch this again. But um, yeah, I was, I was like, this show needed to be gay. It would be perfect. Oh, you are right. You are right in every way. I have no qualms. That's all. I can't believe we didn't think about that one. I haven't seen that movie in years and years, but you're inspiring me to watch it because I want to see if I'll put that like two and two together and be like, yeah, should have been gay. I do have to say though, as a kid watching it, because I did the same thing, I would like watch it over and over. I had a huge crush on um, like the male love interest. Mm -hmm. Um, And when they did find like that whole like tension and the bickering, hating each other, but they like each other at the end. I was, I was there for it. Mm. but would love yeah the lesbian go, version go back and go back and watch it being her be be gay and the whole love interest story it no longer make it's suddenly like why is he there this doesn't make any sense he doesn't belong in a, okay. he does okay. not belong in a storyline he does not need to be there it is absolutely <laughs> useless poor guy deal <laughs> i actually will i think i'm gonna watch it back this weekend with a new yes. lens because yes. i just yes. know you're right i know yeah. you're right please report back <laughs> and you know there's so many this is this is and i'm like have i heard this because you guys said this in your show or because i've heard it in other places but so many scripts sometimes are written to have these queer undertones and the original writer like wants it to have that and i mean we see this this is like the whole premise of like the l word itself is that like they tried to make it into a movie and then at the end she's not really gay and they have to make more straight and she go back, goes back to the guy um i think legally blonde was kind of like a same storyline that show should have been gay absolutely but- i think the dog is gay <laughs> you're oh like God, they made the one character the, the, the dog is definitely gay definitely it's bruiser right it's bruiser it's bruiser get it get it straight purse come on bruiser bruiser let's go sorry bruiser oh my goodness girls i i could literally talk to you all night long i have like a (laughs) hundred other things that i could bring up with you but it has been such an honor to get a chunk of your time i it really means so much to me that the both of you from where you are all the way up in canada would make time to come and be on my show and talk with my audience and i just want to open it up to you know if they want to come hang out with you guys anything that we can come do anything we should look out for follow you just tell us what's the deal with girl on girl well i guess i might announced here on the pod that things are shifting a little bit in the girl on girl world because I starting at the top of January I'm actually embarking on like a dream backpacking trip of mine for (gasps) about four months so Chris and I are working really hard right now to like create a lot of content and do a lot of interviews and um, like have some really good topics in the backlog so that Mm -hmm. we can keep putting out amazing episodes but there's going to be a lot of solo Persis time coming up in the girl on girl future yeah it's just going to be me for a little bit but yeah you guys don't mind which I think oh. is going to be amazing. I think it's going to be so be much good. better. And maybe I'll get like kicked out of the pod by the time I return. But I will let you back in. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. And yeah, it's. It, I think it's exciting. So if anyone wants to follow the pod and listen in, you can address on anywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at girl X girl podcast and TikTok as well. And you can get ready for a bunch of purses. Who wouldn't want that? Who would There'll want be that? a few. We have, we do have episodes coming out that I think will like line up, but yeah, there's going to be a few of just me. So uh, we'll get oh some alone time. It'll be great. Just me and I'm, the mic. I think we're ready for 
the solo Persis era, but like also if you needed me to like sit in for Sarah, like maybe oh. no one would ever even notice. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, like, wow. I'll jump in same, on same. episodes, right? And just be like, hi, I'm Sarah. <laughs> I kind of love this idea. I'll be like, but hey, really though, if you but, ever need yeah. me to come on and be the the spiritual perspective or give you more movies that should have been gay or talk about <laughs> yes. lesbian TikTok. I'm here for it. Sarah, where are you backpacking? I'm so curious. I'm going across South Asia. So I'm starting in India and then I'm just doing all the things, Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Indonesia, everything, maybe Philippines, if I can swing it, like just as much as I can possibly do. I'm not Maybe. hitting like everything, like I'm not hitting, um, everything like much further south like Mm -hmm. Sri Lanka and Malaysia and stuff but are you hitting Nepal I'm not gonna have a chance to get to Nepal I want to do like a whole separate trip that's like no because I'm only doing the south of India so Mm -hmm. I want to go back and do a whole thing that's like north of India and like Nepal Pakistan if I can like everything kind of up around there but for right now I'm staying like real south um Girl, Sarah's about to have her spiritual awakening and uh, yeah. like okay. I have like a yoga retreat already booked. So who knows? By the time I get back, we'll do a- another recording and I'll be like, I am You're like I found myself. Yes. I am You're like, I am here. What <laughs> country is your retreat booked in? It's in India, um, in okay. Goa. Oh my god. Incredible. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's um I'm I'm so excited for you. I'm I'm Me so too. excited for you. That's gonna be amazing. And yeah, you know, I think it's time for Persis to steer the ship alone a little bit and yeah. see what comes of it. It's gonna be amazing. But yeah, I, I also crash. feel like Wish we're ready for that ready for that era. I like yeah. the way that you phrased it. It's like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's time. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be the Persis era with that random other redhead that keeps <laughs> People are gonna love it. Well, people be like, "Where's Sarah? And who's this girl?" No, Honestly, our listeners loved. Your I'd be episode, cute. So. Yeah. They really did. I you know, loved being cute. on your show. I loved it. Aww. It was such an honor. We loved that was a special you. episode too, because Chris and I were actually together in person. That's the oh, only yeah. time I think we've interviewed someone while being actually in the same room, yeah. which was exciting. Yes. Wow. I just, I just want to be in the triad. I just, we're a triad. <laughs> cute yeah we are it's here it's happened i'm like let me in okay (laughs) oh my gosh i'm just so honored to have you all on my show thank you so much for your time thank you for being who you are and just shining so brightly for the queer community i think that we all think that like we've gotten so far and made all of this progress and even just the new direction i've taken this show in has shown me how much homophobia there still is and how many people want to message me and tell me how wrong i am and i'm like oh okay you know things are still happening we still need to be loud we still need to represent so thank you so much for what you're doing i love you both so much and everyone, thank you for listening. I hope you're in love with these girls as much as I am. Love Aww, Thank you, love you for so everything much. you're doing. Yes. Seriously, we're so grateful. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it felt inspiring to your being. Please share this show with someone who you think might need to hear this message today. Spread the love and spread the light. And if you really loved it, you can leave us a rating and a review so that even more cool homies can tune into this show as well. If you're interested in working with me one-on-one or joining one of my programs like Sunrise or Sanctuary, check out my website, janelion.me. Links are all in the show notes. 
May you go into the world today and be more kind, more compassionate, and more loving towards yourself and others than you were yesterday. And I love you. And I cannot wait to see you for the next episode.